son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. After Buzz TV feud after show season one, episode seven, Abandoned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Kevin Undergar here with Justin. Justin, it's another boy's day. It's another boy's. It's another boy. You know what? Shout out to Fern Renee and Maria Menunos. Could not be here with us today. I believe we'll have them back for the finale. I hope. I'm still in shock over this ending. It's so crazy. To be completely honest, this could have been the season finale and I would have believed it. Because it was so unbelievable. And it would have killed me to have been the season finale. Not, oh. to, not just because his answers, but then more. I hope because I want this to keep going. But just to end it on, she's in the plastic tent. Jones in the plastic tent, yeah. and they're celebrating drinking Coca Cola. It's but it's not going to end well for Betty. Trust me, the bitch always has the last laugh. Well, you know, always it's like right. They always say, really, who wins in war? Yeah, right? they say no one wins in war, and we're seeing this back and forth and back and forth, and I. When when she when Joan trumped her from the Oscar, yeah, I, I said enjoy it now, but that's it. That was your last victory. It's gonna be all downhill from there. But what we even see in this episode, we're seeing that that's all true. But to your point, we're seeing with Betty in dealing with her yeah. daughter, uh, we're seeing that oh oh no, like Mm-mm. you're also no no don't count a, Joan out though. We still have forty six minutes left. To, okay, well, do we'll, not listen. count Joan All right, out listen, yet. Team Joan. <laughs> I know Team Joan will be weighing in all through this episode, this after show. But at the end, we do need to go a little deeper into predictions for yeah. this one last episode. Okay, opening starts out. By the way, a shout out to Helen Hunt as yeah. the director. Shout out to Helen the Hunt, great actress Helen Hunt, Oscar and Emmy, I believe winning. Yeah, um, I'm so proud of her for this, and I f- saw a lot of. Um, a lot of choices she made here as a director that uh, yeah, she put her stamp on it. It was nice, particularly the use of going from black and white to color. Yeah. They did it a couple of times, but it starts out in black and white. Um, it's the actual open. It looks like it was the opening of Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte until yeah. they, they recast. And uh, it just blew my mind when we went from black and white to we did the reverse shot, which sure. was Bob and Betty and everyone else, and it went to full color. Let me ask you a question before we actually get into the chronological order, because I am so fascinated that you are Team Betty. What, who did you think started the feud? Be honest. Before you saw any of this. Before I saw any of this, I would have said, Joan, and now that I saw it, and with that scene with Victor Bono, um, and what she said with Jack Warner, yeah, I believe Betty probably did. I don't think Joan even knew who Betty was when the feud even started. And you know what? And uh, for the team Betty's out there, I think you're right. Thank and you. I think I've, you're right. No, and I've seen a lot of um, in Hollywood. I have seen. Listen, I've seen beautiful women be completely vapid out here, and beautiful men be completely vapid. But, oh my god, yes! But then I've seen. Uh, last night, Melina Kennecredis, we were at a, a, a premiere um, of a screening, and she's an example of a beautiful woman who's also just incredibly kind and decent and smart. And you know, and I've seen them. The I've seen beautiful women be terrorized 
who are kind and decent don't deserve it who yeah. are terrorized by women who are jealous because they're not as beautiful yeah no it's and this is the quintessential story of that when jack warner told started by a man though started by a man let's be fair started by a man right i will give her that okay. started by a man right but she didn't need to act on it but she needed to act on it however in betty's defense at 22 years old if a studio executive told you that and said, "Why don't I wish you looked like Joan Crawford?" That would light a fire so deep under my own ass that it would kill me. And 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 she said, and if you, you peel away the layers, the truth about Betty is, no one has had sex with her at twenty-two. No, she doesn't she have sex until twenty twenty-seven, twenty-six or twenty-seven, right? So in her brain, it's like, wow. N- not only he doesn't want to, uh, no man wants to yeah. have sex with me. And I love, I have such a passion to act. I have such a passion as an artist. I so want to be successful at this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. And the guys at the gate Wouldn't are saying, in. "Yeah, I'm not letting you in because I, no one wants to have sex with. If I don't want to have sex with you, moviegoers no, yeah. are going to have sex with you." Right. And then I look at my own real life; no one wants to have sex with me. So how am I going to make this dream come true? And then, oh my God, look at Joan, yeah, who's beautiful. Everyone wants to have sex with her, and she's also in her real life having sex with anyone she wants, and she's super successful. And it seems as though I'm not going to be able to have that. And that makes me really angry because I have more talent than her, too. For sure. In her brain. You know, I'm just saying, um, yeah, that actually makes me a lot more sensitive to... um, Joan. Yeah, it does. It does. No, it does. Because I've seen it. I've seen it. And I've seen the... um, My goodness. And, and you know, again, we'll go chronological. But there is, to your point, Justin, they do have discussion about unattractive and ugly yeah that I do want to touch on yeah because I've that side of Betty to me is not unattractive it's ugly well no and that you, angry yes. like you're beautiful so so I yes. I'm going to just rip you rip apart. you terrorize you torture you that's ugly that's not unattractive and by the way Betty was winning the war in this whole thing for me. I was like, and I'm team Joan. But From Betty, day one. But Betty was Betty was smart. On feud? On oh, feud. yes. Absolutely. Betty was smart. Yes. Betty was cunning. And Betty would hit Joan where it hurt. But it wasn't in an ugly way until recently. And if you look, Victor Bono even says, you're kind of pushing it a little too far in this situation. He does. and Right. Right. And Robert Aldridge says that to her as well. And she continues to have moments to say at, at the end... The art comes first. Yeah. You know, not destroying you, Joan. The art comes first. And then she's a little too ruthless about the art coming first. But the art still comes first. And you're right. She's all along, she's been, I think, more in the driver's seat in the war of the, between the two of them. I think it's because she's also more self-actualized. She's just so self-aware. That's why she's a great actress. You know, I always say, with, I always say half of acting, Justin, yeah. is getting it. You know what I mean by that? Like I would have actors, actors or actors get really insecure. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. 
And I know they're good enough because I said, I tell them, guys, remember, half of it is getting it. And what I mean by that is when you get people, when you can say, oh, I get it. This character, oh, my God, he's just like the guy at the coffee shop I see yeah. who's, like, angry and thinks he's like he's a, he should be a big screenwriter and he hates it. You know, a great actor gets it, gets people, understands humanity, understands people. Now, there are other actors like a Brando. Right, that are like one. They're one dimensional, but they're so good one dimensional yeah, yeah, that yeah. they have such an it factor. It's okay. Yeah, like they just go out and they be like. We have actor friends who they just. I look on the screen. I'm like, what? They're just being them. Yeah, you know. And but them is so amazing and has such an it factor. That's Joan. Yeah, to me, my opinion. But then there are the greats like Tucci and like basically the whole cast of this show. They get it for sure. So they understand people and Betty. You can just see even. She understands people so well that when she's talking to the daughter, she breaks the way she breaks down marriage and how it goes and what yeah. it is. It's like, like she's so aware, but that's painful, yeah. you know. But when you're so aware like that, you're gonna win the war. Yeah, but I don't think she's gonna win this one. I don't think she's gonna win this one. Well, I, think, I have well, to say. Well, I think because it goes back to nobody wins in war, right? No, but she's losing right now. She let herself get a little too dirty with Joan, and we'll get to that. We'll get I to don't want to go out of chronology, but well, she let well, herself get a little too no, dirty no, no, with well, Joan. Okay, all right. We're but gonna, Joan also messed it up. Okay, I'm getting. All right, yeah, yeah, we're getting crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. So she, when soon as she arrives on set, she sees Betty collaborating with Bob. You know, oh, and then it in in, in uh, God Jessica Lange. It, I mean, the acting on this, you guys, is just magnificent. Yeah, nothing as exciting as the first day on set, and like you just get the miserable old crew guy. I've been here for five, five days. days. By the way, I just <laughs> uh, shout out to miserable crew because uh, when you're making movies, you guys, uh, you yeah. know, if if you don't have people around you that are as excited to be making um, the school play, uh, which is my feeling. And it's it's so magical. Yeah. And you don't you know, and you get these people like that who are miserable. But anyway, just a little but but I digress. Sticking with this whole thing, it's just you can tell right from the get go it's not going to be No. We're right off, off on a bad foot. But and then I'm confused as why is Betty sitting in the director's chair at this point? But we didn't know as an audience that she had gotten a producer's credit. We yes, knew we, that she, we knew no, she requested she it. it. We knew she requested it. We didn't know that she had gotten it. It wasn't confirmed. At oh, that I point. thought she did. I always, I thought she asked for it and then well, she signed on for it. No, no. I think I felt like she got it because when, as he was doing the montage back and forth, trying to sign them up, Bob Aldrich, Joan got top billing. She got creative control. Yeah, but that didn't tell me she was a producer. But to me, okay, so I guess because I'm more inside with filmmaking, yes. I knew what that meant. That but, means that means, yeah, you have creative control. You have creative control. That means you have a Yeah, but let me ask you a question. If you're an actor, a Joan Crawford, and you're signing on to a movie, wouldn't they have to disclose who the producers are on your movie? No. And again, if you got no, and it it depends. I buy into the fact that Joan's so lulled by name above title. I'm the leading woman. Yeah. I'm good. She, yeah. You know what I mean? She's That's her shot of heroin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She didn't care. Didn't care. She didn't, she, she didn't, she didn't this, check the facts. This, right. In this chess game, she thought that was going to win. And, and Joan, being more self-aware, being the smarter of the two, more equipped, was like, no, I want to be the producer. And plus, Joan, again, just Joan just loves it. She loves talent. She, she loves, loves talent. She, lo- she loves talent and she loves... She lo- this is this is it, just like Bob. Bob's wife told him la- last episode, right, that you are not happy unless you're making movies, you know. Um, yeah. And that's Joan, and and that and we even see when Joan and I'll jump ahead, but you see when the wedding thing comes up, it's her mind's still on no Betty, and Betty, excuse me, yeah, thank you. But Betty's mind is on not on the my sixteen year old underage minority minor daughter marrying a 30 year old no it's on we're making the the school play we're making the well, you know. even when even when she got into the wedding 
and I'm gonna jump ahead, but I have to. Okay. She really wanted to plan that wedding because she wanted to be in control of something. She wasn't in control on set. Joan had taken the reins from her by stalling the production, and she couldn't produce the way she wanted to. So she went home and took the the reins. And I think there was that another wedding. reason too for that. We'll yes. Well, she's it. very controlling. So yes, but there's another reason that triggered her. Yeah. But but let's get to it. So so it was interesting though when we go to uh, when. Joan arrives uh, at the motel with Mamacita. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like, I also feel about Joan is that she she loves movie making too. Yes, yeah, she loves to be the star. She likes the experience, but she does like the experience too. Yes, and I think she wants it. She understands it needs to be a good movie, whatever. But if it's a choice between a good movie and her like being amazing, she's going to pick. I'm going to be amazing. But what I like is. Notice how she doesn't complain about she's in a motel with double beds next to Mamacita. And it was the same as when on Baby Jane when they went into the dirty dressing room and they showed up with the um, Windex bottles and the paper towels. Let's, that's let's how go I was to back work. Then. That's how I was back then. It was a job. It was a job. You showed up. And I don't think it was, but a lot. No, it was. But a lot of them, if you go to Sunset Boulevard, but a lot of the old stars were just, I mean, they were carried in like princes and princesses. You know what I mean? And I, I like the fact that she's still going to be in New Orleans and say, hey, we're here to make, make a picture. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's humid. You know, the conditions aren't great. I would have thought, you know, she would have been more demanding and she's not. And I, I just saying I admire that about her. Um Mamacita's putting out the plastic, right? <laughs> Interesting. No drinking, right? She's like, I'm not going to drink on this. I want to keep a clear head. And then she's concerned, right? She sees them all partying. Mm-hmm. She's going to go. She's like, I'm going to go say something to stop it. And then halfway, she just, no. She didn't want to be the party pooper. Didn't want to be the party pooper. Goes back. She gets scared. Goes back to her room. Yeah. Right? And um, and then we see them. It's, Ag- it's Agnes Moorhead. Uh, f- f- I would know from Bewitched, but uh, other people would know her from movies. And then Joseph Cotton, who's just a tr- the, one of the greatest character actors of all time, Victor and her. And I know you get mad because I'm going Harry Potter, but it's like the more modern rock and roll music is playing on the record player. Harry? Yeah. <laughs> J.K. Rowling here. Uh, <laughs> and um, anyway, and and even Joan, even Betty notices when Joan goes to bed, the light goes off. Yeah, and they they leave they keep us on a close up of Susan Sarandon or Betty Davis. What was going through Betty's mind? I think going through Betty's mind was the different the difference in the two of them. You see the difference. Betty's up partying, having a good time, being the life of the party, and Joan's in bed, tucked away, getting her beauty rest because she's waiting for tomorrow. And Betty thinks that she's a prude. Betty's like, oh, that prude's going to bed. And it's when the light goes off, it's her switch to turn on and talk trash about Joan. Okay. If you notice... It she, wasn't like, oh, God, this is going to be... A pro- I'm going to have problems on this. It no, was, no, no, no. If, she, if it was going to be a problem, she would have walked up and told them to turn it down. It was just seeing Jones. I think she was looking into it, and the light went off, and it was her time to turn on because the queen had went to bed. Oh. When Joan walks... You remember, Joan walked in that first set, and it was like the one take wonder, and she was like, ugh. Here she comes. Because for five days, she was the queen of the lot. And now Joan's here, and it's done. So the light goes off. It's and that it's her same time. insecurity of she's more beautiful than me. It's the same insecurity. Wow. Um, I'm always going to have that stain on me. The argument, the, one of the first arguments between Joan and Betty, and they go back and forth, right? No, no, you're missing one. What am I missing? You're missing the one where she and... Um, she and Bob talk. She and Bob talk in the trailer when Bob breaks to her that she is, that Betty is a producer. What Joan says Shout is, out to the makeup and eyelashes. I left that out too. Unbelievable. Right? Wasn't that amazing? Unbelievable. But Joan talks about, it's the first time you see that they're insecure and jealous of one another and envious of the other persons. So she says, I didn't start off like Betty. I wasn't a Broadway actress. The Academy doesn't see me that way. I was shaking my ass in fringe. I still have the scotch stains to prove it because they came from two different places. And she was talking about how much harder she had to fight to get to where she is. And then you'll see Betty say the same thing about Joan, but about her looks. 
Right. So they both kind of sort of want something. It's the first time you see that they're both are Vic- kind of envious of one another. And both victims. And both victims. God damn. Um, yeah, that, that's right. I'm always going to have that stain on me. It was, was to Bob Aldrich. That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, and my she God. says she always has to work harder than Betty. Right. To be taken seriously. So Victor, so Victor Bono and Betty, beauty fades, just wait. That's what she would say, you know, when, 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 when Betty was younger and she'd see Joan, just wait. So to your point. Yeah. She was the one who was, you're right, I bet you Joan didn't even know who she was. Joan had no idea who she was. At 22 years old, they would have not crossed paths yet. Because keep in mind, Betty had just been on the stage this whole time. And so Victor Bono, Team Joan, at this point, he's Team Joan. Yeah. He reminded me of you because he was saying, God, it meant so much to me to go all in one. Um, he, she was able to conjure all of the interacting, all of these emotions, she was able to conjure yes. and, 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 and erupt in, in the audience as she, you know, she did this death scene. And so Betty said, yeah. And she didn't even get, get her hair wet. one hair wet or out of place. And um, I got a shout out to the actor that, who's playing Victor Bono. But uh, it, it, he just said, well, it meant a lot to me. You are giving more shout outs than a rap concert, by the I'm way. Sorry. You're like, shout out to like, shout out. <laughs> How can you not on this though? I know I noticed that as I just said it, but how can you not? I, like you can, we're, no, but you know, I'm telling you right now. We're seeing such you guys, we are so spoiled with this show. I'm so sad it's going <laughs> off. No, you're not see, you're seeing everything all cylinders. You're seeing writing, you're seeing directing, you're seeing unbelievable acting. No, for sure. Um but but it meant a lot to me. Yeah. And that was what you were saying last week about hey Kev. Who's to say putting up all the glam and all the presentation isn't art? Who's to say, right, it made me think, like, you know what, you're right. It's just a different kind of art. And that's basically what he was saying. Well, you know, it it meant a lot to me, Joan. Like, okay, I wasn't looking at the hair out of place. I wasn't, you know, and and maybe the hair being out of place is what made her so amazing. And by the way. What made me so impressed. Yeah. Whatever image she put forward. Yeah. It touched Victor Bono, it clearly touched all of America and the world, and I thought it was nice. He just, but it was a good moment for him to like, for re- to really express that. But for her, it was, you're supposed to be on my team. You're one yes. of me. You're not a glamour actor. You're not a Brando. You're right. Me. And he's saying, you're right about that, Betty. But I it doesn't mean I don't admire good work. And, and that great and good work comes in all forms. Yes. It can be in the white makeup, pasty face, and the crazy hair, but it can also be elegant and beautiful yeah. and just and be meaningful to me. So very and you know, so it's like very interesting. You no, know, and she took that. She took that to bed with Bob Aldrich. And you know, he's trying to have his hanky panky time and she's trying to Joan Crawford him, as she would say. Wait, wait, was she Joan Crawford him or they just having fun? What's the difference? The difference is well, I, I don't know what you mean by Joan Crawford. Do you mean like seduce him to get something she wants? No, I feel I like think that I feel w- like Betty was a fi- for Betty and for Bob goes back to what the wife said about Bob. It's their life is their work, mm-hmm. so it's almost like you're at war, and these are like the people in the fox hole with you, and you're going to the bars to celebrate. We did it. We went through battle together. That That's what it feels like when you're trying to make anything big together with somebody. Well, let me say this. I agree with you. So I think they're I blowing steam. No, no. Let okay. me just say this. I sure. agree with you. But on the other hand, let me ask you this question. Bob and Betty, later on, end up having a fight. And he's like, if you want to be a producer, act like a producer. Which okay. I, yes. If You think if Betty wasn't sleeping with Bob... Would he have had that conversation earlier with her, like on the first day when she was stopping Joan's scenes, when she was stepping in, when she was cutting lines? I think that Betty, whether it was intentional or not, was getting special treatment from Bob because there was an added layer of sex. Well, I... Maybe she wasn't like, I'm trying here's to get wh- this. Here's why I wouldn't argue with you, because again, it goes back to what is her end goal? Her end goal is to make great art. If being with Bob is going to make great art, awesome. I think Joan's end goal was to be super famous and beautiful as long as she could. Um, so, yeah, you you, you they could, both use sex as a weapon, or whatever it takes, whatever yeah. it takes, or whatever it takes. It could be creativity. It could be yeah. yeah. And, and 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 when when 
Jones doing her sit out, uh, Betty, who is so self aware, but then also has the experience to say she's doing the sit out. I've done it before. Yeah, like to, just to get what she wants. Um, Wait, we have to. You have to touch on. Well, so she has the conversation with um, Bob in his bedroom, and she says Jack Warner's words stuck with her. You know who would wanna who would wanna sleep with you? Like who would wanna sleep with that? Yes. At twenty two, and you finally start to see where the first crack came between she and Joan. Yes. And he says, "I wish you looked like Joan." I wish she looked like Joan Crawford. Yeah, that's and you see like and. Even Bob's like, oh, yeah, we can't go here tonight. You're you're way too deep into this rabbit let's hole. Let's go to bed. Let's go to bed. Like, let's just hold off on this. And again, it's that moment where you see that the crack actually didn't even happen because of Joan Crawford. It happened because, because of a man. Because of a man. And Jack Warner, who we've seen. It's why, God, this, that's why the story wrote itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it was some. It was Louis B. Mayer, so we haven't seen. Oh, no, no, Jack no, no. Warner, For sure. who we know. Um. When we go back on set, and a shout out to Helen Hunt, another shout out. But do you notice that um, Joan, her shots in black and white, and then we do the reversal to um, Betty in color. Oh, I didn't notice that. Very cool. Yeah, and so you have this glamorous old, and I also I'm going to go Harry Potter. But again, the old and new keeps. I think I think Betty's more. I want to go to the new world. Yeah. Joan's like, let's keep it back to the old world. So you've got the black and white, it's glamorous, whatever. And then you cut back and color and and you see Joan is frumpy. She looks like an older woman. You know, she, yeah. her hairstyle, it's up and the yeah, boobs yeah, yeah. are sagging and it just, you know. But um, I thought that was a great choice. Um, directing wise, the, the interesting thing is that Betty, what triggers the next meltdown is Betty doesn't want, Betty says she doesn't need Joan to read run lines off camera. So do you think we need to explain that to everybody, what what goes on film-wise? I think, I mean, I, I, unless you feel like we need to. Well, it, it usually goes in reverse. So I know a lot of... Um, who's, who's Sonny Corleone from The God? James Conn. So I know with James Conn in recent movies, he... he'll you'll, So I will do... you. I'm... Uh, you're James Conn, I'm Kev, and we're doing the scene together. Yeah. So when we put the camera on James Conn to shoot his scene, I do the courtesy as an actor, even though I'm not on camera, I'm going to read my lines Yeah. to get out the best performance in him. For sure. Great. You, What he'll do, James Conn does now, is when they turn the camera reverse on me, he's like, I'm going to my trailer, goodbye. Yeah. So you get some... PA or whatever to run lines and it and it's harder for the performance. Yeah. Now in this case, she didn't want her. I was so, but I was so. I love that Joan didn't play big movie star. I'm going to my air conditioned trailer. I will be present in this scene and run lines with you, Betty. And this will be better for the movie because Joan's an artist. Yeah. It's, she. Well, you know what? On that level, she is. She's an artist, and she's like, she is. And by the way, let's keep in mind that they made a pact before they got to Louisiana. That they were going to stick together. That they made they were going to be eyelashes. They've made a few packs, Justin. They made it, but they made a pack. Like this time, we're going to do it. To me, this is beyond packed. This was. I'm going to tear you down. I don't need you to make a good scene. No, I don't think. Petty. I don't think Betty can't. She just doesn't. She so disrespects her talents. I think, even though she says, when you're good, you're good. She never says you're amazing. You're just, like, that's the best she can be is good. But I think she's just like, come in. Hammer your nails, do your job, let's get this done. I don't think it was like get get away from me. I don't need you. Do you think it was? I I don't want this, I, the queen be on set. And no, I want to have my moment. I or think do you think she's was, like? I got this. I think it was the thought of you don't you won't make me any better. I'm the I'm the artist. I want to give the good art. Just get somebody to fill in because you're a glamour okay. actress. You're a glamour actress. It's it's like the people who. Just go get, but just just go go to your trailer and find a nice air conditioned place. It's just disrespectful. If someone is a Hollywood, it legend, is, but not purpose. It's uh, it's per it's it's just to it tear her down purpose? just a little bit more because there's an easier way to say, "Hey, I don't need you for this. I can just do it by myself." You know what? Go take a the way she said but, it. But I think she also is 
one thing we know about Betty and seeing even with recent interviews, you see after this, if you do some research on YouTube, she she spoke very, she was super candid and to the point of rude, but it was just such a, she was brutally honest is what she was. She's not somebody who, she's not somebody that um, is going to coddle. She's not going to look at how, because again, I look how she's with the daughter. I actually felt she loved the daughter as much as she could. But she's not, she doesn't coddle. She's, no. And by the way, what she spelled out for marriage back then was pretty accurate. No, for sure. But, you know, and and, and again, because she's very self-aware. So I feel like she's not the type of person to coddle and go, Joan, relax. She's not. She doesn't know. And and Bob's telling her, if you want to learn producing, you've got to get results. And that means not being brutally honest. That means doing what you have to do to get the job done. So I think it's more because she's brutally honest. And I think, I think... I think it's because to what your early point was is like I don't I don't need you, I'm yeah. the artist I got this go just go just yeah, yeah. shoe fly I got this I don't think it was like oh I'll give her a zinger here because I don't even think she thinks about giving the zingers anymore that's the thing I think she's so invested in her hate for Joan that she or just think, does it or naturally just maybe hate or just over it it's a jealousy just annoyed at this no, point no it's the it's jealousy still... it's the jealousy still the jealousy has been brewing since she was 22. If you're a 40-something-year-old woman pushing 50 and you remember the day someone said, I wish you looked like Joan Crawford, and you're going to recall it in public. It's a trauma. Boo. There are some traumatic things I've been through in my life that I will never recall to give someone the satisfaction. But she's been thinking about that the whole time. And imagine, it could have been a joking thing between she and Bob on, on, you know, what... um, what happened to baby Jane? It never came up then because she still couldn't admit it to herself that it was bugging her. She finally got a chance to let it out. And it was such an emotional moment for her that this horny man was like, mm, I'm not going to really touch you tonight oh. because you're you're just ooh. like that. It was real. It was a moment. The abandoned, right? The title of the episode. She's abandoned in the trailer. Um she has she she breaks her rule. Um, she drinks. Okay, after the Betty doesn't need her to run lines, and we cut to Mama Sita, or her passed out with a bathrobe on. And I love Mama Sita obediently sitting up, but with the blanket on because you know <laughs> yes. she's freezing because yes. the AC's cranking. Yes, and everyone's left. That's a true story, by the way, too. And I I'd, I'd heard this story for years that this is what this was the the straw that broke the camel's back, is that she was left on set. But that's uh, come on, but that's pretty terrible. It wasn't per- it was terrible, but not by per- on purpose. No. You oh, think? you think you're gonna leave Kevin Hart on a set by himself? You think someone's like, oh, hey, we don't have a PA to make sure we get Kevin Hart home? You really think they knew? I think she knew. Who's she? Betty knew. But Betty wasn't. Betty was a producer. Maybe Betty was like. Then they have big crews and stuff like that. It's not like. The same way they knew she was coming into town, they never sent her a car. The same way they knew she was coming into her hotel, and Betty was like, oh, I'm just going to get some ice. Oh, I see. Because I've worked on a lot of films, and I know it's in modern era, but I have seen things, especially on a lower budget film. But this is 20th Century Fox, so maybe you're right. And there were two big stars. I think. Kevin, you give Betty way more passes than. Shout out to Kevin's compassion to Betty Davis. <laughs> I just uh, well, I feel like she she and people who I knew knew her. I feel like she just was so obsessed with the pictures, the pictures, and success. Like she just was such an artist. She just loved the art. That I was. I'm hoping that that love trumps the hatred. Of Joan. Well, you know what? She was so obsessed with the art and the pictures. Why is she still counting how many Oscar nominations she had? That doesn't tell me someone's into the art. That tells me someone's into the accolades, the accolades and the recognition. Well. So you know what? She and Joan are actually on the same playing field. So art, art to get the accolades? Or does the accolades back up her love of the art? Mm-mm. I think if you love the art, you don't need an accolade. I think if you love the art, you don't need the... I think when people truly do it for the art, I don't say... She loves the art. I think she loves the art of filmmaking. I think she loves the art of playing a character. But people who are devoted to the art don't need an Oscar. Okay, so here's what I think goes back to. It goes back to that insecurity of being told you're ugly, you're not 
beautiful and you have to validate. You have so to validate I've, got, the ele- I've got the 11 Oscars. Yes. I've got the 11 Oscars. And for the other one, it's like you're just a dancer. You're not an act- actress. She's got to validate too. I've got the statues. I've got the statues. So Betty is not that much above Job. Interesting. As we've come to learn, you in know the what? Last You're right. You know what? I, I I think I would agree with that. And let's skip to the I next. Just, let's okay, skip to ahead. the next, please, because now you'll you'll get it. It's you know, never enough. Now they have you know it's done. Joan's at her wits end, and she goes to confront Betty at mm-hmm. her hotel room, mm-hmm. and you know she says, you know, you don't have to be so ugly, you know, just be unattractive. Like, and she's like, I'm a character actor. And she stops her and she goes, let me ask you something. How did it feel to be the prettiest girl in the world? And she acknowledged it. Most beautiful. Like most beautiful woman in the world. And Joan goes, it was, I loved every minute of it, but it was never enough. And then Joan turns and says, how does it, how did it feel to be the most um, talented, talented woman in the world? And she said it felt great, but it was never Never enough. enough. And that's when you know, like... That's when you know... The same thing, yeah. It's like... And for two women of that stature to admit their insecurities about one another is a pretty big deal. And I do feel that on Baby Jane, Joan Crawford came out swinging day one with Betty. I feel like the fight st- might have started with Joan. But this time, I think Joan went into this being serious and she wanted to bury the hatchet with, with Betty. And Betty wasn't having it. Yeah, Because her insecurities got the best of her. The answer to being more attractive isn't being uglier. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that's that's such a statement about, you know, I think, yeah, some of the uglier sides of Betty. Like, it's being, that's, okay, so you're unattractive. Okay, whether it's your big eyes or you're putting on white makeup or... But it's ugly to be cruel. To be cruel. And to it, uh, leave someone, you know. Yeah. You know, abandon someone. And, uh, you know, so very interesting. I think it's coming out. I, I don't think. I think Joan could have been the nicest she in the world, nicest woman in the world to her. I don't think it would have helped. That 20-year itch that she needed to scratch, that she will never it's scratch. Gonna come out. It's going to come out. God damn. Um, okay. So, so BD and Jeremy, a.k.a. Jerome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, BD's like we're getting married, and uh, she, I, I, and again because Betty is blessed and cursed with such self awareness. No, you don't want my permission. You don't want my yeah. permission. You want my attention. Um, and they have their little back and forth. <laughs> she turns around to Bob and says, "She's not going to win this battle." And Bob's like, "It's your." daughter it's not a battle and i think even her response is even worse like you could have come back and said listen it's always a battle when you're raising kids and you're a single mom no it's oh what are you talking about no i'm talking about crawford like no (laughs) she can't get her mind off that movie and crawford and the art and that's what's more important than for sure motherhood and by the way every producer director actor knows you shoot the scene and then you cut it at the end. There was no reason for her to keep on blo- like deliberately stopping Joan's scenes to cut. Like she's she knows she's been on the movie set. She knows you shoot it, then you cut it. Do we really need to do two pages of yeah? Yeah, you know what I mean. She was pushing buttons. She was pushing buttons. And 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 not being a producer. No, no, she's being vindictive. That's why I'm Team Joan. Until next week, when she burns the house down. No. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. So Harry Potter moment is is uh, in Joan's hospital room. Um, the bubblegum music's playing. The older, older yeah. music again because she's more from that old world. And uh, we see, you know, Betty obviously wanting to be in today's world. Um, when Bob comes there and uh, to greet her, um, back and forth a little bit, and then she brings out her script suggestions. Um, and he says, "Well, where's Charlotte going to be? She wouldn't throw some big party. Well, she'll just be under the stairs, over on the side, watching with those the big, big eyes, eyes, which is what she was doing at twenty-two. Yeah, watching with those big eyes, and you know, just over to the side where the big star, Joan Crawford, right, was on stage. Um, 
you're probably gonna get mad at me, but I loved Bob's response where he just said, "Okay, no, enough. Get your ass back on set." And to me, he got his balls back again because she's because she had a reference to his balls. Joan yeah. in the trailer and says, "You you know you gave me you your balls. balls, yeah." But he got his balls back there, um, and he told by telling off Betty too. Well, finally, finally saying you want to be produced, want to be a producer, you got to get results. Like for that's, sure, that's not being that's not producing. So um, why did you think? That she went home because that I feel was the moment that she triggered that triggered her to be okay with BD's wedding because her movie family, her movie husband, her movie best friend, her her, her movie BFF and and and, and Victor, mm-hmm. her movie husband, they're all it's not perfect. No, it's like he tells them no, you you basically you fucked up as a producer. Excuse me, you screwed up as a producer. Big time. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. You just drove away the star of the movie and God only knows now what's gonna happen to this for your quote producing. Yeah. Okay. And then we've had Victor earlier kind of be like, Yeah, I'm not so much buying into this about you, you know, being down on Joan. And so what she does is she rushes home to the safety of her other family. Well, at least okay, that didn't work. Now I've got my other family. Interesting. So coming home and saying, Okay, but I'm the producer. I have creative control. Yes. We're going to do your wedding, my family, way. but I, we're going to do it my way. We're going to chimes instead of bells. And then Bells gong like in, in funerals. I like when she goes, it's your first wedding. It's the one you remember forever. <laughs> By the way, I always say the first one is the dress rehearsal. The first one you marry for love. The second one you marry for business. And the third you marry for companionship. Or, or you wait later, later in life. But I don't want to wait, Kevin. Then don't. Then have a good gig. Want to get it done? Get it out of the way. I'm looking. Um, Do you know anyone? Uh, totally. Throw <laughs> you can throw a rock and find someone out here. Um, God, my the the. I love the scene, the meeting with the lawyers. Oh my I mean, god! Right. Yes. So amazing. Um, Joan at one head, Betty at the other. Uh huh. And I'm the producer now. And even they're like, even they tell Betty, stop. Yeah. Like, you, we'll ask you to leave. She's like, they're, they're, to, they're there to lop off Joan's head, let's face it. Yeah. But it would have been more powerful for her to just sit there and watch and take in as they beheaded the great Crawford. But she had to put her two cents in. She had to put her stamp on everything, like right. she says. Right. And it just made her look nasty. Right. Especially when you're in, you know, when you're in meetings with those heads of studios, you can't let that insecurity come out. And she did it. She lit a cigarette like a star, spoke like a producer, and acted like a jackass. And yeah, she lost me on that one. Okay, I was secretly team her until this episode. Then you turned, and then I turned. So I love talking to the priest about the wedding, and we're talking about the chimes and the bell- bells of her funeral, yeah. which of course she. <laughs> kind of views right is it's a funeral for their careers there's a, there's a lot of yeah that going on in this whole thing um i think she views weddings as funerals too but talking about planning the big party she says it's always a big party then it's repetition and work and i think that again everything goes back to movies yeah like okay the oscars it's a party and but then you then go back to work it's repetition and yeah. work and and she tells her like you need to be prepared to do X, Y, and Z, and be a staging ground for someone else's ambitions. And the daughter says, well, duh, I've been doing that for, for you. <laughs> and Betty, who's so quick-witted and self-aware, says, great, then you're going to be a great wife. Yeah. You're ready. <laughs> you're I, ready. I taught you well. I, yeah, I did a great job. I taught you well. And your first wedding is the one you miss most. And that's what, like, says says to her, like, I, you know, you think this is just a little phase and I'm coming back to you. I'm not. I'm out. I'm done. And for your information, as soon as you signed that stupid paper, we got married. Yeah. Because probably we knew how crazy and controlling you were that you could pull a rug out on us or do something else. So we couldn't wait. Here's what I will say about BD, who I'm I'm not team BD. I'm sure you are now that I just said I am. Um, but I will say about BD is that from our research, married over 50 years. And had two kids. Who's to say? Yeah. She knew, knew she knew, but by the way, 
that was the one thing in her life that she could control because her mother did control everything else. Where she went to school, when she was allowed right. to set, what parts did she get? So for her to sign that paper, that was BD's release. I'm released. That was her release papers. Do you think those 16 years are so bad? Those for you know, it's like it's not like it was 40 years. Bitch, I could only imagine what it was like to be raised by one of those women. I mean, okay, no. Keep in mind the other daughter. I'm still Team Betty, so I'd rather be. I wouldn't want to be raised by Joan. I'd rather be raised. It's like being raised by Madonna. Can you imagine, like, if your mother was like? I don't know. I saw Cher last night at an event, and you know, like, it's so bigger than life. It's so bigger than life that you can't really. You're always that person's daughter. You're always that person's son. No, I think it's tragic for eight kids. It's really hard. It's tough. It's, it's hard. tough. I would almost rather. I'm, and it, I bet you she kept her her dad's last name in order to try to keep a safe distance sure. from being in her mother's shadow. It must be tough. So you know what? If she had to write a book to make a few dollars, let her write the book. Can we go to the Joan tries again to use to use sex with the doctor? Is she using sex with him because he's a young, handsome man, or is she using sex to get him to say she's sick? Yes. Because sex was her weapon. She always right. used sex to get what she wanted. And it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. You're so done. Sad. And so then, sad. And then I love the secretary. I love Madam Secretary. I love her too. She's amazing. And she says, you know, she basically, uh, as a fan, I'm going to give you advice. Get your ass back to work or you're going to ruin your whole career. And I'm going to have Bob Aldridge remove you from this production. And she's like, don't worry. I already quit. <laughs> right? I love when she says, um, this town attracts narcissists. Yeah. It creates them. Like, I think it attracts them and it brings it out in them. I agree. I don't think it creates them. I you think know what? I totally it agree. It brings it out and then adds gas to it and like sets it in another direction. I, okay, so what really, because I've been over that one probably, I've processed that 20 years ago, so I'm fine with that. What I really love is I came out to work wait i didn't process that for 20 years because i'm only 30 okay so i need some time to process it no i, I processed the 20 years it. of the narcissism i'm saying yeah. like you know, i'm talking about the narcissism i need to talk about the narcissism okay go ahead then i need go, to talk about it because I, I will had tell 20 you years okay i will tell you let me ask that you this question it's this I, I i used to think like does this people make does this place make people sick or does it take the sickness inside them and make them sicker and i believe it's the latter but when do you know you're sick no, people don't know unless you're self-aware. Then you're like you realize it, and then you're halfway there. But most of them don't know. But like, what if you like? I'm asking for a friend here. I'm not asking All right, for myself. Go ahead. Um, like, when do you know? Because like I've been here for eight years, right? And I'm always like, God, am I turning into these okay. people? No, no. Here's the thing: you are of higher. So okay, this is not feud after show. I'm sorry. You're of higher consciousness. Okay. When you're of higher consciousness, you question yourself. Yeah, okay. You set. You also have a fraud complex. So I'm not as good as everyone thinks. I'm not as good, but you also ha- have other things like where you you check yourself and say, like you are, like, man, God, am I? Yeah. Lower consciousness is like I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I like Joan from was put her foot pedal to the metal, and nope, everyone's trying to talk her out of like, don't do this, Mama C to George Cukor, uh, yeah. this secretary, and she's just like, no, nope, spinning. I'm, there's no Stopping moment her. of hey, you know what. I've really gotten out of control. There's some things I got to change in my own life. Maybe I'm doing this. But no, it's full tilt. So, so, um, and you know, it's like that narcissism. It, well, most most of these people want to perform and get attention. So, yeah. right. So, there's got to be a seed in that. And then I think, it, you know, it's catered to so much out here um, that yeah, it just goes to a whole other level. You, you, there's that moment in Sunset Boulevard where the director says, um, you know, we didn't. He he has he feels bad for her when she yeah. comes back to visit the set. You remember in yeah. Sunset Boulevard, and she comes back to Gloria Swanson comes back to uh, visit the set and is being like Joan, like this and that, and just in her own world. In by you know, in, uh, in by ten, out by four, you know. And he's just looking at her with this look like this is sad. And he but he basically says we we did this. Yeah, and that's he's what like Hollywood did this in the last episode. That's what Sarah Paulson says. Let them see what they did to her when she accepts the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, Hollywood is scary. It is scary. Well, you know, you have to have you have to have good family around you, good friends. And I think you always have to keep checking yourself. You know, you hear these things like Jim Carrey goes on a like a retreat for like 
15 days that you know he yeah. he stays in a hot box and he sw- I mean like and you think he's a weirdo but actually um you know he's he's on a like trying he's grounding himself he's tr- he's trying to grow yeah. and 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 get and and think more and, and you know and 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 evolve yeah he's Howard Stern you know someone who's evolving like you just see it's he's in therapy all the time and the way he shows yeah. changing and you have to keep you have to keep at it for sure. Um, I can ground myself. What's that? I ground myself. Yeah. Well, no, you're already questioning yourself, which is you're fine. But see, these people yeah. didn't, and I think now here's the interesting about. I say you're halfway there when you're self aware, right? Yeah. Whether it's acting or even life, here's the scary thing about Betty. She's she's halfway there in that she's aware of all of it. She's aware. I bet you're aware of her jealousy, aware of the shit she's doing. She's aware of how miserable she and she. She's she's good with it. Oh no no! And she puts it scary. in a higher gear. She's like, let's go to. Well, four. she's fine with it. That's what's scary. That's that is. That's scary. what's scary. Usually, if you can be halfway there, you go. You're usually you're halfway to the finish line when you say, "I'm aware of all these problems." Yes. Now, okay. Now I'm aware. I'm going to check myself a little bit, or or I'm going to I'm going to um, make some changes. But you know, um, Kathy Bates comes in at the right time as the as. Um, Joan, Joan Blondell. Bl- Joan Blondell, who we we pulled up her scene in Greece as the waitress. <laughs> Joan Blondell. I can't believe Joan Blondell did that. But it's interesting how she was like, I I thought it was great what Joan Crawford did. Yeah, get their attention. But because jo- Joan paved the way for all those women. Joan was the woman. So yes, pave the way. Let them see me. I'm not just a pretty face. I am a person, and you will treat me with respect. I bet you all those women. They looked at her. Looked at her. Well, I feel like she was. I feel like Joan was. Um, Joan Blundell was more was Team Joan, and I felt like Olivia De Havilland's more Team Betty. Well, she had to be. They were friends, and like you, she probably saw only the good in Betty. Like me, <laughs> like you, Kevin. All right, we go to the newsreel. Okay, the old no, no, and, and this was interesting too. It's sixty four, where. People still go to the movies for see a newsreel in the movie theaters, but I think by the, I don't know when. I think it was sometime in the sixties or early seventies. News the newsreels got cut out. Yeah, um, I don't remember them in childhood. So, but, um, but again, like we're at the point of like we've got Cronkite, we've got. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're getting our news in other places. Interesting choice. They go with the newsreel because I think again it's an homage to the old school that yes. Joan Crawford was. So I thought, but it's. But it's talking about how she's at cedar cyanide, and, and and again, it's the last of Camelot, you guys. It's the it's the yeah that whole like she's a hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, just that that sugar water Dior, facade and a Dior hospital gown. Yes, and you know <laughs> we know she doesn't have money. We know she does, but but it's the last of of probably like it felt like even the last newsreel. But it's her art, and she's it is, it so is. damn good at it. It is her art, but I'm talking about something different now. What, not whether it's art or not art. What I'm saying is, this is the fall of Rome. This is the end of old Hollywood. It, it is. We're seeing it. And this is the, the... So I just thought, again, interesting choice from the creators um, to, to use the newsreel rather than the newscaster. Uh, George Cooker, the great director, comes in and he tries to talk her out of it. Joan, you were never into revenge. And she's like, and now I am. And now I don't care if the movie gets made. Yeah. I don't even, I don't want to be in it. I just want to destroy... Bob Aldrich and Betty. Loretta Young and Barbara Stanwyck called me and will not take uh, my take food in my mouth. They won't take food out of my. Well, they won't take the roles. Right? They yeah. were, the two famous actresses were offered the part allegedly of 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 Charlotte. They won't take it. They won't take food out of my mouth. Right? Great response by Cooker. They don't eat. <laughs> but there's that was sub- a great moment. It's but there's subtext there. Yeah. So it's a, on the on the surface, it's ha ha ha. They don't eat because they have to stay skinny for Hollywood. But the subtext is they don't eat because they don't get any roles. Yes. And by the way, BTW. If someone did that this year or in the last ten years, honey, your best friend would take the role in a second. In a second. In a second. That doesn't happen in Hollywood anymore, where someone's no. afraid of an actress. Like I think that went out the that went out the window a long time ago, where pe- like other actresses were afraid of pissing off another mm-hmm. actress that hard. Today you would be afraid. Today it's going in the, back in this direction, I think, because you'd be afraid of 
if if depends if the actor how beloved the actor is, you'd be afraid of social media. Oh, for sure. Oh, you know what I mean? Like you'd be afraid of that. Yeah. You, but, but like also, today you'd be afraid of if it was painted properly, mm-hmm. you'd be afraid of the young, beautiful one taking over for the older woman being pushed out. Or you'd be yeah. afraid of so a yeah. white actress coming in to replace a black yes, actress. Yes, you would be afraid. Yeah. So but but this kind of fear, this was different. You're right. It doesn't happen like this, but it's it's it does happen. It's gonna happen more and more. Social media has like literally changed the game. Yeah. Um, what did you think about wh- when they've got Vivian Lee lined up to play uh, play the role? And th- she says Zanuck wants, Daryl Zanuck wants Vivian Lee to take uh, Charlotte. And and Betty says, oh, she's not, that English yeah. girl's going to play a, do a Southern accent. He's like, yeah, she only played Scarlett O'Hara. And then Joan The says, most famous Southerner ever. And she said, Jones said, "Not convincing." Explain that to me. I think not convincingly. No, no. I think Vivian Lee would have outshined her in that movie, and people would have her credit would have been gone with the wind, which is such a huge credit for her. So, in the billing, it would have in any you know press release, it would have been like of Gone with the Wind. You know, it, um, it, okay. There wasn't any shred of the fact that going, I look at Gone with the Wind, which I can't even see because it's just such a off it's such, I love it. Even as a black man, isn't that hard to watch that movie? Mm, no. I mean no? I've seen worse. There's Rosewood. There's so much more worse. It's just such a romantic Okay, so then then her like my as God is my witness at the end, it's just that hammy old forties acting, like overacting. So Joan wasn't calling to that at all. No, no, give me the ham. Give me give the you hand. the hand, but you don't think Joan was when she said not convincing. I'm in my brain saying here's Joan. I mean Betty. Here's Betty who's continued to evolve as an artist. Yeah. Okay. The the role she did in Charlotte was. I mean, excuse me, in uh, Betty Jane. Uh, excuse me, Baby Jane. Yeah. Um, early in the morning, guys. So, <laughs> what, the role she did in Baby Jane. She couldn't have done it 24, 25, not just looks wise. I just felt like she was she was the one that came out of the, yes, that, and she mentions Brando too, but they were the ones that, well, she transitioned out of that old Hollywood very, you know, Buck, I'm going to throw you out the back door. Yeah, it yeah. was that whole very stagey yeah. kind of acting that Brando shattered. And I feel like she was one of the few that, she she assimilated. Yeah. She she evolved into that. I don't feel Joan really did as much, but 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 I feel like Vivian Lee was very much that old school presentational style of acting. So when she says she wasn't convincing and I don't want her for the role, you don't think any of it had to do with the fact that creatively speaking, she wasn't good for the role. You think it was just because she was gonna un- unseat me. I think part of it is that she held herself to a higher standard because she was Betty Davis and she was a great actress and still is a great actress. I think she held herself to a higher standard and this woman, in her mind, wasn't on her level. But you have to remember, they weren't looking for someone who was on her level. level. They were looking for someone who could sell tickets, which is what she always said about Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford sold tickets because she was pretty and she was a movie star. She wasn't an actor. So I think she was missing the point that the studio just wanted someone who would sell, sell tickets. tickets. Um, and remind me to ask, I want to ask you about Olivia de Havilland by the, by the end of it. So but, but Liv, they finally get de Havilland on the phone. We see the great shot of Lady in a Cage, which <laughs> it's supposed to be a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it, but it just, it's so the exposition just, I'm in a cage. In a pri- no, she goes, I'm, I'm in stuck a in a private, private elevator. elevator. <laughs> it was like, you know, and she's like, I don't want to go through that. I'm in my Swiss chalet. Right. Um, but Olivia de Havilland was one of the women who was the, like the the actress who found the rich husband and then lived, didn't want to act, didn't want to happily be, ever after. lived happily ever still after. Still alive. The only one left. Yes. 101 years old, And I it's probably still fabulous. She was like the Sophie Loren, like found this, found her happiness outside of the, the screen. I like her little thing. You should call my sister. Yes. No, she goes, I don't do bitches. 
um, you should call my, my sister. sister. <laughs> Cause they had the, they I, had the biggest I, feud. Do you think they'll do another feud with them or no? No, I don't it's think it was that big. Too obscure. But you see like Betty and, and Jones started when they were 22. Um, Joan gets the bad news. Ah, okay. Harry Potter over the old radio. Like it's again, yes. it's the old, like it's the old time, like it's almost Orson Welles. It's almost bad, <laughs> like, like you know. I mean, if you saw that in a movie, you know, you see that in old movies. It's like that, you know. Yeah, read all about it. Read all, you know. It's like or or you know, this just in. But it's again, it's like she's just stuck in the old world, and it's been done. Olivia De Havilland's been given what, in wrestling what we call the hot tag. Yes, and. It's over because she knows De Havilland's a badass actress, and the movie's going to go on, and they're going to be just fine, and she's going to be left to herself and her parties and her drinking and, and her spiral. With um, no mamacita. Well, that all that culminates in her taking the vase and, no, no, and throwing it through at mamacita or through the window, whatever, and then mamacita, which... I love Mama Sita for this thing. I said it once. Like, I'm glad that even though she's a servant, yeah, she's not. I'm a servant. I have dignity. My job is to serve you, so I do my job. Yes. But you will not, uh, you will not, um, you know. Disrespect me. Yeah, you won't do that. I will no. not take that from anybody. And I, I thought that was great. And she walks out, but then it's like. Well, her whole world that's is it. probably done. And you know what? To be completely honest. When we moved to the end of the mo- the shot where she's in the plastic bag getting oxygen, she probably actually needed it for the first time. She lost her life. Mama Sita was out the door. That bitch couldn't breathe. Yeah, my world has ended. You know, said, you, know you did that to yourself. You know, she said you did it to yourself, Joan. Oh, and yeah. we keep hearing her career's ended, her career's ended, her career's ended. We're hearing that all the way through. Yeah. And if you notice in... Which is her life. Captain Zeta Jones's um, interview... They say, do you feel bad about ending Joan Crawford's career? career? Yeah. And she says, time ended Joan Crawford's career, not me. And it's true. Women in those days had a expiration date. They weren't making movies. However, however, had she gone along or gone through, she could have been in this movie and gotten a little bit more time on the clock. Yeah, another few months. So here's my 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 question, and I I think Fern probably would be able to answer it better. Um, I think Hush Hush Sweet Shot is a, is a great film. I knew about the film before I knew about the feud. It's it's not Baby Jane, and it's certainly not. Rem- we barely remember it now. We remember. I mean, you, if you're a Turner Classic movie fan, you probably remember, but mainstream, I don't think. No. Okay, so now we do because of feud. Would it have been a better film and more successful had it been Joan and Betty? Would yes. we remember? Yes. Really? Why? Because it was a follow-up to such a strong performance in What Happened to Baby Jane that people would have... It would have been a higher ticket sales because Joan Crawford was involved in it, but the tension would also have been higher and the pressure mounting to the release would have been crazier and the movie just would have been promoted differently. It does feel, and again, if you guys, when you guys uh, send us your comments on iTunes or YouTube, um, I'd love to hear what you guys think of that. It would, would Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte have been a better film with Joan than Olivia? Um, I feel like it came off like Baby Jane Light and I feel like a Olivia, who I love, and I do love. I love Shout her Shout out work. to Olivia. Shout out to Olivia. But I feel like she was a little softer in the role. I mean, she was fine. She got the job done. She didn't want to be there. But it's not the same. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that came out in her performance, too. She didn't want to be there. She had been in her I mean, Bob had a go- I mean, that was all true. Bob had to take 10 different, like, you know, pieces of transportation just to get to her, to talk her into it. Because Betty wanted her. Because Betty wanted her. So again, short short term gains, right? Short-term We're gains. winning battles, but not the war. Um, and there they are, all drinking Coca Cola at the end, just to take that picture. And that seemed mean. That was mean. But Betty is this episode. Betty is mean. Yeah, she's Regina George. Ha ha! Shout out to Regina George. Who's Regina George? Kevin, get out of here. I'm sorry. Who's Regina George? C- can you cut this? <laughs> I no no. No, no, wait, wait. Leave that in the comments. No, what, Everybody. I'm sorry. At, everyone, oh, no. go on Twitter. Why? I have a, I have a hard enough life, you guys. 
<laughs> Can we and stop? hashtag right. who is Regina I'm George? I'm going to find out after this. But wait, 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 guys. Wait, one thing before. I know, Juliet, you're on. Yeah, I know because we have to get out of here. No, we need predictions for next week. I predict that your Twitter is going to be flooded stop with it. comments stop about it. who is Regina George. Okay. But Come on. Next week, what happens? I think Joan's going to win. I don't know how she's going to win, but Joan is going no, well, to no, win. No, no, no. Nobody no, no. wins Hedda, this war. Hedda, Hedda. Nobody wins this war. I think what you're saying is one more battle will get won by Joan. We yes. know historically nobody wins this war. If, you, if we can maybe call a winner, Betty lives, to, lives 10 years longer, makes a few more films. You know, nothing I don't think as great as, as these films. But she's got one more left in it. You have a kick. We call it a kick out in wrestling. So you think Joan Crawford is one more battle to win? Because we know no one yeah. wins this war. You say glass half full. Joan died 10 years earlier, but she was 10 years prettier than Betty when she was in that coffin. Joan wanted to die young and pretty. So she got her wish. But she was also the last few years of her life. She was a rec- she was alone. Yeah. She was drinking a lot. I mean, she made Trog or whatever that awful movie was. Well, that was because Christina wrote that book about her. Well, after she was gone. Yeah, but she knew it was Bruin. Christina, I no no. The book came out. No 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 no. The book came out after she was dead. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Juliet, we looked that up before we go. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that would have like. <gasps> yeah. I mean, no. And Betty had to live through the, live through the daughter writing the book. She probably loved it. So that's, I'm sure. Now, here's the thing. Next week, are we going to, I feel like we're going to flash forward to their futures. Okay, I can see that. Okay, and then I think you got to touch on the parallels of daughters writing books. It's just too. But Christina wasn't, Christina never came through. You're right. We never saw Christina. I think it's going to be, they're going to flash to the loneliness that they have once all this is done. Right. Um, you're gonna see a lot of that. The empty house, the no mamacita. I think there will be regret on Betty's part because she is more self aware. I think yes. she's going to sh- she's gonna regret it. Well, she should because she. Went okay, deep. I know that they. Well, they think they both should, but but I think she's going to regret that she did it because at the end, I do believe she loved the art and she loved the play, and all this did was ruin that. I agree. I agree. You know. She did love the art. So next week, we we wrap Sweet Charlotte, right? Mm-hmm. And then you think Hedda? I think Hedda and Joan are going to go on guerrilla warfare, and it's not going to be nice. All right. Because she's got Betty Davis. All right. Well, Justin, you've said it all. I have some research to do, apparently. Who's Regina George? Can, can anyone believe that he said, who is Regina George? Race rap ASAP, please. That's what I get. All right, Juliet, get us out of here. You guys, Justin, where do we find you? At the Lady Sitter on Instagram and Twitter. And TV, can we say? Now, on May 1st, you can see me live on Daily Pop on E! 12 o'clock, everyone. 12 o'clock. Bravo, bravissimo at me, at Undergaro. And uh, check me out tonight. On The Tomorrow Show, thetomorrowshow.com, at The Tomorrow Show, Mondays and Thursdays, plus we're up on iTunes and YouTube. You guys, uh, I'm so sad. We only have one more of these left. Thank you for your patience with us and uh, and dealing with uh, Team Joan versus <laughs> Team Betty and our ridiculous bias. But I think this is one of the greatest series I've seen in a long time, and I'm very, very grateful to be doing this and be watching. So, so happy to fight with you. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. Thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.